What's happening, everybody, and welcome to this episode, this debut episode of Wherever You May Be. I'm Rory Jennings, and this podcast is part of the 90 Minutes Podcast Network. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about all things Chelsea. I'm joined by, I'm sure you can guess this already, but my very good friend, <laughs> Charlie Skillen. Um, How are you, Charlie, Roy? welcome. Yeah, good. How are you, Roy? You okay? Hey. Oh, brilliant. I mean, it's very difficult to not be brilliant after what we witnessed yesterday. I've woken up on cloud nine. I'm so happy. Um, I was so relieved. Um, obviously, it's really stressful watching it on telly, you know, not being able to be there. But um, oh, I was jumping around my living room like a lunatic yesterday and I've just woken up in the best mood. Yeah, it was it was ideal. It was a perfect performance from Lampard, wasn't it? Got it spot on. <laughs> I oh, really did. He really did. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's bizarre to me that we can pull out these type of performances. Obviously, it's great. You know, we play very well against Man City in the league as well. Um, and then, you know, play so poorly against West Ham and Sheffield United. But, I mean, this team, uh, particularly for a team that, by and large, is so inexperienced and, and a manager that, you know, is very inexperienced as well, to be able to pull out these type of performances is such a credit to them. And it's so... It's so pleasing as a fan uh, to to watch the kind of thing we saw yesterday. Yeah, it was. It really was. And and do you think there was a moment like what changed for Lampard to finally, you know, fourth time lucky, get one over on Solskjaer? What was it? You know what? I think it was. I think it was a little bit more aggression. I mean, straight from the off, we put a couple of kicks in on Bruno Fernandez. We we roughed them up. I, I just felt we wanted it more yesterday, and I don't. I felt like, particularly the particularly the first game of the season, uh, the 4-0 at Old Trafford, I thought Chelsea played pretty well, particularly in the first sort of hour of that game. But they were just so quicker to the ball, so much quicker to the ball, so much more aggressive. And I felt like we, we matched that and then some yesterday. And I, I think that shows the way we've grown throughout the season. Um, and I it's think definitely that, a Lampard trait, yeah. that, isn't it? It's definitely a Lampard trait to, to be forceful and aggressive like when you think of what he was like as a midfielder yeah he was always on the front foot always leaving a challenge in where necessary always doing his best to dominate the midfield and that's what we did yesterday isn't it do you think there was something tactical yeah. to actually target fernandez 100 percent, 100 percent. like there, there, there's for me there's no way there wasn't and it was absolutely the right move you see we've seen the way fernandez has transformed man united i've rarely seen a player transform a team so much to be fair in the last few years as Fernandez has done um, so I, I, th I think that's why they went with one of the reasons they went with the formation they did and um, yeah it was an underrated part of Lampard's game you, you, you bring that up sort of those niggling fouls those you know he was hard Lampard in his day yeah yeah, um, oh, yeah Lampard beats it, you in a fight definitely yeah he beats me in a fight no question but he beats, he beats a lot of people in a fight um, and there, there was a famous tale um, before Balak signed for Chelsea uh, we played Bayern Munich in the Champions League and uh, Lampard pinned Balak against the wall in, a, in a, Balak's a big guy Balak, he pinned Balak against the, against the dressing room um, and just said like you've got to leave now and, and Balak just like ran away that can't be true it's true it's true, I'm I telling you. I, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not for one second uh, knocking Frank Lampard's ability to bully midfielders, but I'm not having bullied Michael Ballack to running away. Mate, you did. You did. Ask him. Mm, OK. I will, if I ever get the opportunity, which I would love, I certainly will. Uh, do, you know what, do you know what got me thinking just then when you said something about Bruno Fernandes? What other signings... Like, I'm going slightly off the, 
off the beaten track here, but because because I don't think this is exclusive to Chelsea. But can you think of other signings no. that have had the impact? You know, you know the way that Fernandez landed and the entire tide at Manchester United rose in a similar way to I don't know. I mean, maybe when Eric Cantona signed for Manchester United years ago. Can you think yeah. of other signings where a player, simply one player, has had that impact on a team? Oh, yeah. When I mean, was a big one from a United perspective. I mean, a bit closer to home, I remember um, when Diego Costa came into Chelsea, we'd finished, I think we were Mourinho's first season, we finished second, didn't we? And we just needed that, that kick on. And Diego Costa, I think, is one of his first games was against Everton away. And like vintage Diego yeah, yeah, Costa yeah. game. Scored like a hat-trick, he didn't kicked, he? Scored a hat-trick, kicked a load of people. Um, yeah. He was just an yeah, absolute really menace. Yeah, he had a with Seamus Coleman. Yeah, after, the th- after one of his goals, he didn't even celebrate. He just went to go give it to Coleman, which was which was brilliant. Uh, I mean, again, for uh, for Chelsea, Rude Hullet coming in transformed the club, didn't it? I mean, sort of on and off the pitch as well. Um, I suppose Dennis Burkamp for Arsenal. Um, yeah. ele- elevated you, you know elevated them beyond the like George Graham when, I remember when Meza Ozil signed for Arsenal it didn't quite yeah. have the impact that they hoped but I remember the fans no. going wild it was yeah. it was a signing that they thought was going to take them into the next stratosphere never quite materialised yeah. but it did yeah, the club massively that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. I, I, I remember the same thing as well. There was a big article about it, like all these, you know, it's back in the old um, glory days of deadline day when, when all the fans used to uh, crowd around the reporters and be a bit of a nuisance. And the, uh, you're right, the Urza one was absolutely mad. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? We should probably uh, keep this focused as much as possible on Chelsea. Mm. And yeah. I think that generally yesterday it was a team performance, wasn't it? But we're going to play a game, right, where we both have to just say one player. And I'm going to do it first, because okay. then I get the 11th to choose from, whereas you might not get the 11th, because I'm going to pick one. Um, sweet. For me, it's all about Olivier Giroud. I think, yeah. Do, do, you know, do you know what? I've, I realised, I put this on Twitter as well, and I've got a lot of grief about it, but I'm, it's something that I'm convinced is true and will stand by until my dying breath. Olivier Giroud is an elite striker. Agree or disagree? Uh, agree. I think. I mean, he's he's. I mean, he look. He's he's not world class anymore. But what he is, he is a fantastic team player. You know, you saw that that France team that won the World Cup. You ask Kylian Mbappe and all the rest of them, and they could have done it without Olivier Giroud, who I don't think even scored in the tournament. And they definitely tell you no. Um, I think he's been an amazing signer for Chelsea for 18 million from a London rival. Um, I think, you know, he's quite clearly in better form than Tammy Abraham is. He he played his role to absolute perfection yesterday. Um, I had him at first score at six to one as well, so I was delighted with that. And uh, um, but uh, yeah, that, I mean that deafness of touch for the for the for the first goal was was unreal. Uh, but the, the way he he always played really really well with Eden Hazard. It's obviously it's a shame that that he left, but Hazard and him dovetail wonderfully because Giroud would kind of pull players out of position. He'd, he'd hold the ball up and and he, you know, but he's not you know. He's not just like Emil Heskey. He's, he's got that. He's got that technique. He's got that deafness to touch as well. And um, I think we're really, really lucky to have him. And I, I really hope he stays at Chelsea for the for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I agree. He was masterful yesterday. And do you know what? Going back to the qualities that we were talking about, Lampard, something that he loved to do, which was bully other teams, do his best to mm. be part of a, of of a physical domination. Olivier Giroud was bullying Maguire all the time, wasn't he? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, and that's one. That's one thing he he's not afraid to do at all. I mean, he's he's another one of those players that you wouldn't necessarily think it because you know he is he is about technique and all the rest of it. But he can be nasty, Giroud, and I think I think that's what a lot of Chelsea teams have been lacking in the past couple of years. That that kind of mean streak that you needed, you know, like the best Mourinho teams from the from the first uh, first time Mourinho came over, like they had that streak uh, and. You know, in huge multitudes, they, they you weren't going to bully that Chelsea team, and I, I'm hoping that yesterday is a sign that you're not going to bully this Chelsea team either. And I, I think Giroud led from the front in that regard. Anyone else stand out? Giroud. I mean, I, I would like to give more mentions, but just for the sake of it, if you had to pick one, who do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously it goes without saying. I think everyone performed their roles uh, to perfection, really. I thought I think Mason Mount. Um, not that I think Mason Mount was man of the match per se, but I, for someone that in the previous season was in the Championship playoffs, you know, to be able to have the impact on an FA Cup semi final against Manchester United like he did, um, you know, you 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 can't overestimate the the work that he's put in and that's what Mason Mount's all about I know you know he might not be as flashy as some of the other players that we have um but I, I feel Chelsea are always a worse team when Mason Mount doesn't play and that is down to his endless pressing his endless work off the ball um and, it, and his creativity as well he's always in the right place he's always finding you know he's always looking to find the right pass he was he was amazing yesterday and i think for someone that is you know still he's 21 years old he, he was playing in the championship last year and he was a crucial component of a chelsea team who who were Jim, better than man united for us? 90 minutes yeah, for sure. I, you Sorry, know, I saw an interesting stat. I mean, I'm I'm not one for stats, and I often refer to mm. stats as being for mugs. But <laughs> I saw something. I saw something very interesting. No player has scored more goals for Frank Lampard as a manager than Mason Mount. That's significant, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, and it makes it makes sense why he trusts him so much. I mean, you you know, to to an outside observer looking at Chelsea's lineups the whole time, you might think. Oh God, Mason Mount. You know he's he's probably played more for anyone more than anyone else this season. Mason Mount, and it just shows. I mean, the stat you just pulled up shows how much uh, Frank trusts him, um, and how crucial he is to the whole operation. And I think he's it's it's credit to him that he that he's made himself like that. Obviously, his form's dipped in and out. A young player is going to do that. A player in their first season in the Premier League is going to do that. But in terms of in terms of work and what he's put into it and, and what he does offer, I don't think that can be questioned. And it's, it's paying off now, you know? Yeah, he was, uh, he was brilliant. Um, anything, anything to talk about in terms of what didn't go well? I mean, Callum Hudson-Odoi didn't have the best game, did he? He didn't, you know... Um, he, uh, he's, he's really got to kind of sort him out, sort himself out next season. I think um, it, it's it's difficult, right? Because this season I've watched him and I've I've rarely seen a player for me who's more in need of a loan, more in need of game time, like constant game time, allowed to make the mistakes that a young player is obviously going to make. Particularly a such a kind of explosive, talented young player who who plays in a plays in a. a a position where he's going to get the ball a lot. He's going to be doing crossing. He's going to be cutting inside, and he is going to lose the ball. It's, it's going to happen. You know, it happens to William, who's you know thirty years old. Um, 
And I, I really think he needs a loan and some game time. He's, he's younger than all the others. He's younger than Mason Man. He's younger than Tammy Abraham. But Chelsea were sort of forced into giving him this this massive contract um, 18 months ago now. And obviously... They were forced. They were, who, who were they forced by? This is the crucial bit. They were forced to well, give it to him by him. Yeah, of course. Yeah, look, look. I mean, yeah, that's that's what I meant. He put a transfer request in. The club didn't want to lose him, so they had to they had to give him almost top whack. I mean, I think he's on about 160 grand a week, which that's sort of precludes, isn't it? Yeah, that is absolutely well, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't think I think in in hindsight it wasn't the best decision the club have ever made for certainly, and I think it's it's kind of, it's, it's already caused problems with Tammy Abraham's contract, who is quite rightly going. Well, well, hang on a minute, why are you offering me this yeah, when the club's talking so, Well, precisely, precisely. Um, I th- you know, Hudson Odoi is a fantastic talented player, and you know, we, we have seen that before. I don't think we've seen it enough, but I, I don't want to I don't want to sort of forget his age in this conversation, and I think. That's why this contract was so like incongruous with the rest of his development, and yes. and I, I, yeah, look, look. Let's be frank. He's he's not had a good season in terms of when he's come on. He's not been that impressive, um, and I, I, I mean, look, certainly, if if you look at his performances versus those of like Pulisic, particularly since the restart, like there's just no comparison. Um, and so I, he's one that's really got to kind of look at himself and adapt his game to what the manager wants next season. Because, you know, I mean, the, Lampard is famous for, for going off training. You know, if, if you don't train well, you, you're not in the team. You're not, on the, you're not even on the bench. And, and uh, Frank's alluded to that a couple of times in his press conferences. So that's obviously something Hudson-Odoi is going to have to address. Yeah, for sure. So let's look ahead now. I mean, the, the so, mood couldn't be better, could it? Well, no. I mean, it's. It, I was. You know, we, uh, we were both in our WhatsApp group yesterday, and no one was very confident, were they? Um, but we we've pulled no, that I mean, back. You know and I, I was weirdly. I was weirdly confident, but not from anything yeah. other than law of averages. I just thought. Yeah. We would Chelsea. Chelsea. This group of players, Frank Lampard as manager, could play anyone in the world four times. Yeah. And get one win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you have to at some point, don't you? Yeah, like I just, I, I mean, it felt ridiculous to think that we could lose mm. four times. But mm. you know, in that season, I remember going up to Old Trafford, the season where they knocked us out. We drew, I think we drew. No, we lost one nil in Europe at home. Rooney scored for them that year. Maybe yes, 10 yeah, years. yeah. They yeah, beat yeah, us four yeah, times yeah. that year. Yeah, they knocked us out of the quarterfinals, didn't they? Ancelotti. Yeah, I remember Drogba scored a good yeah. goal for us up there, and then Giggs scored straight mm. away for them. Lots of Chelsea fans yeah. didn't get to that game because I no, had a yeah. crash on the M6. It's <laughs> your fault then. Yeah, it was, honestly. Mm. Like, it, was, mm-hmm. it was terrible. I actually made the game. My car was driven yeah. off, uh, but mm. I still managed to make the game that day. Pointless exercises. Yeah. It was <laughs> we, were, uh, yeah. we were knocked out. But um, but look, the mood's good. We now go to Liverpool, who, yes, in my opinion, are worthy worthy winners of the the Premier League. There seems to be a little bit of uh, sniping, but I don't really conform to that. I just think they're no, they've been and... they've been the, they've been the best team by an absolute mile. The only yeah, and also, I mean, also the fact that they haven't the fact that they haven't started Project Restart or whatever it was called with that much impressiveness is neither here nor there. They, you know, they didn't need to... You know, had they not bothered starting, like, genuinely, they yeah. had enough points 
City didn't yeah, get yeah. enough points to make yeah. Project Restart relevant to them. So well, I don't exactly, think they can knock them for that. No, no. I mean, they've they've broken they've broken any record you like, and I mean that's the other well, that's the other aspect. Well, they it. haven't. That's what people mm. are knocking them for. They mm. actually haven't. You know, they they were they were on course to break every record, and they probably would have would have broken mm. every record had it not been for COVID. But owing to yeah. COVID, they haven't broken any of the records that they were due to break. I, um, I think all that is. I, I agree with you that I think all that is a bit overrated. I mean, you couldn't tell me you couldn't tell me how many Premier League points the treble when it's got, could you? You know. It's no, no, no. you know it, it, people don't remember those things, and I, I think I think it's all overrated in terms of how the players feel as well. The players have done their job. Jurgen Klopp has done his job. You know that Liverpool have won the Premier League for the first time in thirty years, and or, you know won the won the won the whole football league. In the, um, and and look, no one's going to remember these matches. And I've always fancied us in this game against Liverpool, always because. A no, as we've seen, we can win this game now. Yeah. Uh, A as we've seen on uh, yesterday, we we do up our up our game for these big opponents. And B all this, you know, this lip service. Oh well, we're trying to get you know 105 points and all that. It's internally in in the dressing room for Liverpool. I just don't think it's the case, particularly without fans there. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I no, really in years to come, no one's going to remember all that. In it for for them. Like, I genuinely can't see what's in it for Liverpool. You know, when we play them, mm. firstly, there's no fans in the stadium, so that's beneficial yeah. to us. They're not going to yeah. have to do it for their fans. No. They must already have an eye on next season, retaining the trophy. You know, that's <laughs> that's the holy grail, isn't it? Winning it, yeah, of course. Win, winning it is the best thing ever. Retaining mm. it takes you into a whole different world. And yeah, that's, of course. That's yeah. what Liverpool are. You know, they are in a whole different mm. world. So yeah. they will have an eye on that. Chelsea have everything to play for. Liverpool have nothing to play for. They mm. don't want to get injured because next season is virtually next week. You know, it's there's, yeah. no, there's no time off at all. Mm. I think that, and, and and also most brilliantly from a Chelsea perspective, we only need a point. I think. Yeah, well, I mean, we nick that point, don't we? It's it's about the only time in my life I've ever wanted Tottenham to win, and and they did uh, yesterday, um, which was which was a great result for us against Leicester. I mean, Leicester have just been terrible since the restart, which is um, which have really played into they our got hands. A big win, Charlie. They got they got a game mm. which I thought was a real big win. They got that Sheffield United result, and I thought, yeah. I thought they would use that as a catalyst to get something against Tottenham, and mm. they just they haven't. Do you, do you know what though? I'm transfixed. I'm sounds ridiculous for me to say and commit like this. But <laughs> I'm virtually convinced 99 percent sure that Chelsea are going to be in the Champions League next season with that yeah, in mind, yeah. I am fascinated by this Leicester Manchester United game if they both win so so if Manchester United win at West Ham which yeah. presumably they will yeah especially now West Ham safe gate, say imagine they only win say, or say they win two next it goes mm. into goal difference if Leicester win Leicester need to go to Old Trafford or wherever it, wherever it is yeah. I'm sure but Leicester need to go into that fixture and not only win, but win by a certain scoreline. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's it's yeah. reminiscent of our game. Do you remember when we played Liverpool? Oh, yeah. Uh, unbelievable. The last day of the season, the, the Marcel Desailly, Jasper Gronk. Jasper Gronk, yeah. I remember when Zola yeah. came on for his last ever game and uh, made a mug out of Jamie Carragher. Yeah, Jamie Carragher. Yeah, that cl- Weirdly, <laughs> I, I feel a bit sorry for Gronkiar that day because yeah. Gronkiar was... A, Gronkow scored the goal that effectively changed football 
And yeah. everybody's memory of the day is Gianfranco Zola twisting up Jamie Cameron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a good one, though. Gronkiar's been robbed. Gronkiar's biggest moment of his career has been totally stolen from him. That was, uh, that was a great goal, Gronkiar's goal. He was, like, falling, wasn't he? And he just sort of clipped it in. He cut in with his left foot, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it's so, it. so the celebrations what, that day were unreal. Do we get something against Liverpool? Yeah, no, I, I think Chelsea perfectly capable of winning. Uh, I think... I don't think Klopp's going to play his first team. They, they're, they're obviously lifting the trophy at the end of it in front of no one. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, look, it's... it's Lampard will be using yesterday as a springboard to to get what we need from this game, which particularly after Leicester's result yesterday, uh, you know, we, we get we get anywhere between one and three points and, and it's done in terms of Champions yes. League. Yeah, I think so. So, who do you think makes it? Manchester United or Leicester? I think it'd be Man United. I think they will have been hurt by yesterday. They're, they're in, you know, forget yesterday. It's a cup game. You know, they're against, you know, a good side in Chelsea. They're a better team than Leicester and they'll win that game. I, I, you know, they're, I, I fully expect them to beat a Leicester team that's, that's clearly on the slide and that will, that will sort them out. Um, right. Well, don't get me wrong, I'd rather, I'd rather see Leicester make it, but I, I just can't see that happening in the minute. I think Brendan Rodgers has done, did a fantastic job up until lockdown. Um, they were actually playing kind of better football than they did the time that they actually won the league. They've, they've probably probably got even better players than they did back then. Yeah. You know, you know, people like Madison, who wasn't in the team then, people like Ndidi, uh, Sununchu at the back, like they've been brilliant all season yeah. but I mean it's just it's just not happened for the master lockdown and it is a it is a trait of if you take Celtic out of the equation I mean me and you could win the league with Celtic particularly when Rangers weren't in the picture um, it is a trait of Brendan Rodgers management isn't it you know when they fall they fall away in the last few games obviously the famous one being a Chelsea Liverpool game at Anfield do you know what? This is quite funny that you uh, that you mention that because I'm certainly on the same page. I don't see Rodgers as as anything worthwhile as a manager. I really don't. I just don't think. I mean, people throw the term about fraud and and things like that, and I don't know if that's necessarily fair. But on the last yeah. 90 minute video that I did, there was quite an impassioned debate around Rodgers, and mm. me and a fellow called Harry, who's an Arsenal fan, were very much in this camp. He's not the man that he thinks he is. He's not the man that the football world thinks he is. Um, and others were saying, no, no, he's an excellent manager. He's just. But I, 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 look, I'm with you, mate. I think if you if you constantly fall short, yeah, you're you have shortcomings naturally. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, look, his if he had got Leicester, into, if he oh, he might still end up getting Leicester into Champions League. I mean, that there's no doubt about it. That is a great job done. Yeah, he's, he's still he's still well of, and wins a game. That's massive. Yeah, wins a yeah, play, he's still well of. He still will have had a very good year. I think he is. I think he is a very good manager. I don't think that's up for debate. But there clearly is this. The it was call it call it bottling for one of a for one of a better word. You know, the, the, he does have that in him, and I think until he sorts out, he's still a, he's still a relatively young manager. I think he he was obviously in the conversation for the Arsenal job, and they went another way. Um, I think that is always going to follow him about. Uh, with with the Liverpool thing, with this Leicester thing since lockdown, and I think until he does sort that out, he's he's not going to be considered in the company that he seems to purport to be in himself. You know. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, mate. So now we're almost in a situation where we can have one eye on the cup final. 
almost. We're, we're going to do that anyway. Whenever you're in a cut final, it always takes priority over dead rubber games, and and that's yeah, hundred percent. Um, sh- how you feeling about it? Arsenal in a cup final. Any chance of any uh, fans in the stadium? Well, there was there was a thing in May saying the cup final may be a test event, which would be amazing. I mean, I'm I was so upset waking up yesterday morning. I mean, me and you were usually. We're usually swanning around Marlebone about two o'clock for those games, aren't we? Well, probably earlier than that, to be fair. Um, and obviously, it was, you know, Man United in the Cup semi-final, that's a game you really want to go to. And Arsenal in the Cup final, even more so. Um, so I really, really hope so. Have you seen what they've done in Spain, by the way? The Copa del Rey final. Uh, they've actually held a petition and they've moved it to October when fans can go back in. So I'd, I'd love to see that happen, but I can't. I can't quite see the powers that be in England. Um, so is that happening? In the that happen? Because I saw that Barcelona, Barcelona's yeah. been locked down again. So it, they still have the issue. So potentially the yeah. could take a leaf out of uh, their book. I mean, it would it would be amazing. I think I think for something as prestigious and historic as the cup final, to have that played in front of no fans is is really terrible. You know, it's we should start you know, a campaign. Well, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, you know, everybody listening to this, all of the, all of the tens of you listening to this podcast, yeah, yeah. we need to start a hashtag or something. Yeah, well, well yeah, we need we're, fans we're, in the stadium. Start, Chelsea start, versus start, Arsenal. A cup yeah, final. You've got to, you've got to have fans in the ground. You've got to have one half that stadium blue, one half the stadium red to see the FA Cup final played. I mean, look, yesterday, yesterday was great because we won, but football it just isn't the same since lockdown and to have to have something as worthy as the cup final and I mean look imagine look, it's Chelsea Arsenal so that's one thing but imagine if you know I don't know Derby had got to the cup final and their fans couldn't go like it's just it's just outrageous like it's the FA well, Cup I feel final a bit sorry. it's the um, Leeds situation isn't it Leeds, Leeds get back in the Premier League after mm-hmm. 16 years out and their fans can't yeah. be part of the celebrations I know they were but you know what I mean so Liverpool are lifting their trophy on Wednesday. Uh, they've built a stand in the cop, but there's there's not going to be anyone there, you know. And they've been dreaming of that for ages. I do feel I do feel for the fans in that in that environment. But mm. um, do you know what? I think that's all we've got time for, Charlie. Thank you so much for everyone who was listening. If you could do us a massive favour and review, it would be very much appreciated. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. And we'll be back after the Liverpool game. So we will see you all next time on wherever you may be.